Hey everyone, I'm Ryan Kalamea. And I'm Amy Gosha. Welcome to The Divorce at Altitude, a podcast on Colorado family law. Divorce is not easy. It really sucks. Trust me, I know. Besides being an experienced divorce attorney, I'm also a divorce client. Whether you are someone considering divorce or a fellow family law attorney, listen in for weekly tips and insight into topics related to divorce, co-parenting, and separation in Colorado. Welcome back to another episode of Divorce at Altitude. I'm Ryan Calamea, one of your co-hosts. This week, I am joined by Tommy Maloney. He is an author on fathers going through a divorce. He is a podcast host, uh, Blending the Family. Uh, we're going to talk about that. So first of all, Tommy, how are you doing down in Greeley, Colorado? I'm doing great. How's the altitude up there in Vail? Well, uh, doing pretty well. So for members of uh, or listeners who don't know you, can you give us a little background into you know who Tommy Maloney is? Like you said, Ryan, I'm Tommy Maloney. I run a business called blending the family. And it all stemmed from, you know, watching my parents get divorced when I was five. And then after I got married for the first time, I ended up getting divorced. And then I got remarried and have two awesome bonus daughters. And I just never found anything as far as content or books out there that help blended families or dads or men. And so I said, what the heck, I'm going to create my own opportunity. And you have a son from your first marriage, right? I do, who is college-bound this fall of 2021, and I'm extremely nervous. I hope I've done everything I can to help prepare him for his college endeavors, but he's going to have to fail on his own because that's, that's what life is all about. It is indeed. Well, let's talk about your first marriage and not necessarily the marriage part, but how did you find out that you were about to go through a divorce? You know, it's one of my favorite stories to tell now. Uh, at the time, it wasn't as funny, but it was in the September of 2008. And for my day job, I travel for work. I do software training. And at that time, it was a Sunday. It was football season, early football season. And I was just packing my suitcase. And my former spouse came up to me and said, hey, I'd like to talk. And I said, can we wait? I want to watch the football game. And she walked out of the room. I should say stormed out of the room saying, fine. And as a man, as a married man, understand if you hear a woman say fine, it's not fine. And so later on that evening, uh, she... Uh, said I want a divorce and it just hit me like a ton of bricks because we were going through marriage counseling, couples counseling. And my inclination is that couples in counseling don't get divorced. Well, I was totally wrong. And so from there, the next day I was on a plane to California and that was a Monday. And by Wednesday, FedEx showed up to the job site I was at with my uh, divorce papers. So it was pretty quick. What was the experience like? Was it quick and easy or was it something a little bit more emotional for you? Oh, it was definitely emotional. I mean, uh, as somebody who's gone through uh, years of therapy, battling depression, several suicide attempts when I was a lot younger, it was rough because I'm such an introvert, Ryan, that I don't like to share personal things outside of the work. And so I felt pretty much on my own, even though I did have a good uh, close family. You know, I was on the phone constantly with my mom and my dad and dear friends of mine that had gone through divorce. So I was getting a lot of great help as far as uh, mental, but the probably the biggest thing, and I'm not, I'm not just saying this because 
I know what you do, Ryan, but the biggest mistake I made was I didn't go through any kind of legal counsel. I didn't go through or we didn't go through any mediation. And so that added a lot of stress even after the after the divorce because I ended up in court uh, years later because my former spouse wanted to move out of the state of Colorado to uh, Wisconsin and taking our son. So I learned a life lesson there, Ryan, uh, get things in writing. Well, so you said that she told you on a Sunday and then Wednesday, uh, the paper showed up. Was that just the start the process? That wasn't that you were done with your divorce in just a matter of a couple of days, was it? No, it was mostly, it was the parenting agreement going through that custody, um, the financial piece. So it was uh, very traumatic, obviously, but it was also just a weird out-of-body experience sitting in California at, again, at a place I was working and just going through papers that essentially dissolving a marriage and just feeling like a total failure as a man, as a husband, as a, as a father. And you ended up writing uh, one of your books is 25 Tips for Divorced Dads. Why'd you write the book? It was cheaper than therapy. The backstory of that was I was flying on Sundays to uh, LaGuardia Airport from Denver every Sunday. And I would just say, I want to, I got to write, I got to get the emotions out. And so I just started writing ideas and then more ideas popped in my head. And one of them was writing a book about how do I stay connected with my son when I'm not in the same household? And so that's what the first book, 25 Tips for Divorced Dads came out of was just me trying to figure out, all right, what do I do? And one of the tips was writing postcards. Another tip was getting, this is before laptops were starting to come with cameras like we have now. So it was getting a webcam, quantity time versus quality time. So those things just started popping in my head and turned into a book and and hope Hopefully it's helped other men. It's actually, I had a flight attendant on a Southwest flight and she was just doing great customer service. And I said, I don't have any cash on me, but I have one of my books. And she said, you know, this book would be great for moms as well. So I, I really didn't think of it that way. I was just, you know, writing to be cathartic and just trying to get help to other dads out there. So yeah, I guess the book can help both moms and dads. And to give listeners an idea of your parenting schedule and your journey, can you tell us a little bit about how often you were seeing your son and kind of the changes you mentioned an attempt at relocation and what happened, you know, in the divorce and throughout the post-divorce phase? Yeah. So for me, because I traveled for work, I really didn't have the funds at the time to, to go house hunting. And so the first phase was to save up some money in order to find a place for some stability for my son Connor and I for the weekend. So I had him every other weekend and there were many times. So the divorce was final December 2008. So September 2008, I'm told him my former spouse wants a divorce by December 23rd, a date that will live in infamy in my head. Uh, I was officially divorced. And so the weekends I had my son, we pretty much were in hotels. He did have a stipulation and one stipulation, the hotel had to have a pool, which was funny because he couldn't swim at the time, but it was a great bonding moment. So I got to teach him how to swim and we ordered room service. We had, you know, in my mind, Ryan, it wasn't a perfect situation. He said to me months later, said, when are you going to get your own place, dad? And so, you know, that lit a fire in me to, you know, start looking for, again, a house that, you know, he and I can start building memories off of. So, you know, it was, it was rough 
those first few years of traveling, only having him every other weekend. But, and that's the thing, not to self-promote, but I have a new book coming out. And, you know, I was going through editing one of the chapters. And one of the things that came to my mind, Ryan, was that, you know, things that my dad said to me, that he always apologized for being a bad dad. And it's like, I was doing that too. And I just realized, Ryan, that we men or we dads need to stop doing that because you're diminishing yourself and your self-worth. And in my view with my dad, he was doing the best he could and I was doing the best I could. And were there times where I missed out on opportunities because I was traveling for work? Yeah. Did I beat myself up over it? Yeah. But the bottom line there, Ryan, is if I wasn't working, I wasn't able to help support my family. And if I'm not supporting my family, then I, I don't have anything. So that's you know one of the life lessons I've I've just had to come to realization recently was that dad's need to stop beating ourselves up. We need to just understand that we're going to make mistakes, own up to it, and you know, let your kids know that dads fail, but hopefully we learn, we learn from it. This episode is brought to you by our law firm, Kalamea Gosha. Amy and I describe our law firm as an innovative and ambitious trial team that pushes the boundaries to discover new frontiers in family law, personal injuries, in criminal defense in Colorado. We currently have offices in Aspen, Glenwood Springs, Edwards, Denver, and Boulder. If you want to find out more, visit our website, calamea.law. Now, back to the show. Yeah, and speaking about learning, one thing that you and I have talked about before is stoicism and learning new ways of approaching things. And you just showed a, a book. Can you tell us a little bit about stoicism and how that impacts your life and you know, maybe what you could have learned or applied that to your former self going through a divorce? You know, that's a great question. So let me, so Ryan Holiday and uh, Stephen Hansman, The Daily Stoic. So one of my mentors gave me that book for Christmas last year. And I really, it's one of those books, Ryan, where I wish I had that years ago. Because for me, Stoicism is about understanding what is in your control. So you and I are right now having a conversation. I can't control what you're going to say. You can't control what I'm going to say. Just like our kids, I can't control what if my son shows up to the house or not. And so with Stoicism, it was all about letting things go. There are many times, especially in the world of divorce, when, you know, for example, you get an email, you know, from your former spouse and it just enrages you. Well, what triggered it? And so the Stoics talk about, again, what you can control and letting things go. And so for me, it's a daily ritual reading that book, you know, just trying to figure out things that I can use in my life, in my daily life of what the Stoics talked about. You know, you know, not everybody in your life is going to be your best friend, but what can you learn from them? And I think parents should really look into Stoicism as far as help parenting because there's so many uh, things that they can learn about not only themselves, but how to take some of the teachings and, and hand it down to their kids. Yeah, I think that that is something that really resonates with me. I was interviewed for another podcast and it was kind of presented, you know, me as the stoic lawyer. And in particular, how I found stoicism was just through my own personal need. I mean, being a divorce lawyer is can be at times exhausting because, you know, for better or for worse, I go through, it's not my divorce. I tell people, this is not my life. This is not, you know, my divorce. 
And but going through that journey with people, what what you shared is something that I unfortunately take home with me in having to grapple with that and the stress and also dealing with uh, divorce lawyers who can be difficult. But I think that men in particular, the stoicism really resonates those principles of not losing control of your anger and approaching each and every day and expecting someone, you know, Marcus Aurelius, one of the better known Stoics would write every morning that he was going to meet thieves and liars. And a lot of people going through a divorce, that's how they feel about their, you know, their significant, their other, their estranged, you know, spouses that, you know, they're liars or thieves or whatever it is. And when you mentally prepare for that, and they send you that email, you're expecting it. And instead of reacting with anger, you are better able to take the high road and really focus on your time. Because as you mentioned, Tommy, I mean, you had every other weekend. So if you are spending your weekend on the phone with your ex-wife or emailing her or ruminating, that is time taken away from your son. And you're not the best version of yourself during that time. So you can only control that time. Yeah. And I remember years ago before discovering Ryan Holiday and even Tim Ferriss talking about you know, stoicism, and I can't remember the young girl's name. I just listened to an episode of Simon Sinek's podcast, and this lady developed a, a course on diversity, and she bases it on stoicism. And I remember years ago, Ryan, when people would say, oh, they're very stoic. And at the time, it was negative that they had you know, no feeling that they were very stone-like and there was no blood pumping through them. And then after doing more research and reading, like you were saying, Marcus Aurelius, I've got another book that one of my dogs really liked because he ate it pretty good. But, you know, reading a lot of the stoic information, it's, it's like common sense, but it's not common. So I really took a, a 360 when I started learning more and more about stoicism that it is a compliment. When people say, oh, they're very stoic, because in my mind, that means that they're able to listen and not react. And I think a lot of times, especially in your situation in the divorce world, you've got clients that are overreacting without listening first. And that's probably, you know, as a parent, that's one of the biggest things I've, I've taken away more as a parent is the listening to my kids versus stepping in and giving them advice. I've taken the time where I want them to organically start that conversation of saying, hey, can you help me with this? Or what do you think of this? And so because of you know, reading Stoic philosophy, I've become, I, I think in my view, a better listener. And it's helped me you know, as a podcast host is to be able to just listen and not react right away. Yeah, I think that there's a number of tenets of stoicism that resonate with me personally, but also in particular, the dads going through a divorce, because I mean, it's a stressful time. You talked about therapy and I always counsel people and tell them I'm a counselor. I'm a counselor at law. I am not a therapist, but going through a divorce, it is going through hell. And I see it all the time and just dealing with the mental health. People deal with it in different ways. Some people they get heavy into the religion. Some people, they exercise. Some people, you know, abuse it with a bottle. You know, some, it could be hookers and blow. I mean, it, it really depends. And 
So I'd certainly have had, and not to be you know gender specific, but you know when you talk to guys about going to therapy or yoga or those kinds of things, a lot of guys just kind of are like, that's a little bit too woo woo or too like I can get through this. The stoicism, on the other hand, it relates to very similar concepts. It seems to be more approachable for the dads. At least that's just been my observation. And I don't know if that's something that you can comment on. Well, I do agree with you, Ryan. And again, not you know, not to say it's all men, but you know, for the most part, we men are raised, you know, you're not here to cry, you know, rub dirt on it, you know, I'll give you something to cry about. And for me at a young age, I realized the importance of therapy. And I learned, you know, that it's okay to ask for help. And it's okay to say to another man, how can I help you? I really feel that as men and as dads, we're getting to a new a new phase where it is a little bit of the woo-woo. I love the woo-woo. I mean, my wife and I, in the morning, we'll sit on the back and have our coffee and she'll say, hey, you want to do a meditation? I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, just 10 minutes of just starting your day out on a, on a good day. I mean, yeah, I, I used to do the, uh, what's his name? Tony Horton's uh, P90X. Uh, but for me, I love the yoga stuff. I'm, I'm not flexible. I would have to stretch to stretch so I don't hurt something these days. But I feel that that's the woo-woo is so good for us, man. It lets us be very vulnerable. And then being vulnerable with other men going, we just did this together. How cool is that? You know, and you start building upon that. And so I, uh, I'm i a big woo-wooer, Ryan. I love the woo-woo stuff. Headspace is, you know, one of the apps on my phone. I mean, as I travel, it's you know, I have that and I have the Sirius XM app where at night, if I, if I know I'm, I can't shut off the monkey brain and, you know, just listening to some kind of music to just settle me down. And so I think we should just start a podcast right now, Ryan, called Woo Woo. Woo Woo for dads. Well, speaking of podcasts, can you tell the listeners a little bit about what you do on Blending the Family? So the podcast started off with originally my wife and I. I have a radio background, 10 years in radio, and I just felt it was a great medium to just share people's stories with. And then one day my wife said, eh, this is all you. And so I originally started you know, the title, Blending the Family, talking about, you know, other bonus parents and blended families. And then some of the things are part of the show are like, what's a a good wine on that first date after you've been divorced and you're ready to, you know, go out into the world. One of the recent podcasts I did was there's a lady who she is a animal behaviorist, say that 10 times fast, and a divorce mediator. She took the two, blended them together. And now, so if you're going through a divorce, Ryan, and you and your spouse have a dog, you would contact her to see who gets the dog. I mean, there are like three states in the United States that recognize pets just like children. So there's cases that people are fighting for animals, which I love. You know, the podcast is about just sharing stories and, you know, trying to spotlight positive fatherhood. And again, I, I think we're 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 on a new wave, Ryan, of positive fatherhood. I mean, there's so many great dads out there. And the new book, My Dad's Advice at 504 AM. I want to make sure that I put the spotlight on 
you know, yeah, in your world, Ryan, I'm sure there's a lot of crazy ex-husbands or idiot ex-husbands. That was me, but I'm an awesome dad. I love my kids. I love doing whatever I can to support them. And so with the podcast, again, I get to share uh, other people's stories to help promote positive fatherhood. Why'd you write the your recent book, Your Father's Advice at 504 AM? Why'd you write the book? So the book title comes from my TEDx talk. And with that was just a whirlwind. Once I got accepted, I was like, oh crap, I got to put something together. And the first thing that popped in my head was, so the backstory is when your kids are born, you know, you start calling family members to say, you know, you're a grandmother, you're a grandfather, what have you. And I had this conversation way before my son Connor was born with my dad. And my dad really wasn't accepting his role of being a grandfather. And so the morning of Connor being born, hence at 5.04 a.m., I was talking to my dad and my dad said, as a dad, your role is to screw up your kid as best you can. And my dad has a very dry sense of humor. So I really didn't want to take it that level. I want to screw him up as best I could with love and just hanging out with him. And so the book the way I formatted the book was I took the TEDx talk, but I also wanted to put in how my dad's advice affected me, not as just a dad, not as a man, but as a bonus dad. And the book just walks people through. Uh, I'll admit there there's a lot of struggles in the book that I talk about. And the point of the book, though, Ryan, was I wrote this book for actually for single moms to show that there are really good dads out there. And I wanted to showcase that we men do struggle, that we do have those issues of we're trying to compete against you know, our kid's mom when we should be on the same side. And I talk about that in the book. And so the way the book ends is my wife and I were out on a, on a date night and met a couple who were visiting from Chicago. And I we started talking about you know parenting. And I told the, the gentleman at the bar, I said, well, this is what my dad came up with, that I should screw up my kid as best he can. He looks at me, he goes, your dad was right. And I was like, wow. And so the funness of the book is just talking about how this advice came to be. But at the same time, you know, showing other moms that I'm an idiot ex-husband, but I'm there for not only my son, but my two bonus daughters. And so that's where the book comes from. And so September, September, the book is hopefully out. Well, hopefully listeners can check that out. You mentioned bonus parent, bonus daughters. Can you tell our listeners, why do you use bonus instead of step? What does step mean? I mean, I never understood it. My wife never understood it. I mean, if you look back on the history of the the TV show The Brady Bunch, because a lot of a lot of my philosophy comes from the Brady Bunch, but they never used the word step. They never labeled the kids. And so I, I know it's not reality. And so if I'm going to have to explain to somebody who these other people are, these now young adults that are in my life, who they are. I want to put a positive spin on it. And so the positive spin is instead of saying, oh, this is my stepdaughter or this is their stepmom or whatever, bonus. It should be a bonus that you're a part of a new family and that you get to be a part of it. And so bonus just, I don't know where I heard it, honestly, Ryan, but it just, it stuck with me. And so I, I just think if we could take labels away, that's fine. But I understand that kids still need that comfort. And so bonus, bonus just stuck with us. 
Well, if you are, uh, if someone's interested in looking for someone that's going to combine the Brady Bunch with stoicism, Tommy, you are the guy. For people that want to find out more information about you and, you know, the 25 Divorce Tips for Dads or your newest book, you mentioned it's coming out in September. Where can people find more information about you? I'm so happy. The new website is up, blendingthefamily.com, blendingthefamily.com, blendingthefamily.com. So yeah, that's all in a nutshell. You can get the the latest episode of the podcast. You can uh, read uh, blogs. So yeah, it's all there, blendingthefamily.com. Well, thanks, uh, Tommy. And people can check out blendingthefamily.com. And until next time, this is Ryan Calamea and Divorce at Altitude. Thanks again. Hey everyone, this is Ryan again. Thank you for joining us on Divorce at Altitude. If you found our tips, insight, or discussion helpful, please tell a friend about this podcast. For show notes, additional resources, or links mentioned on today's episode, visit divorceataltitude.com. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen in. Many of our episodes are also posted on YouTube. You can also find Amy and me at Kalamea.law or 970-315-2365. That's K-A-L-A-M-A-Y-A dot law.